whistleblower report exposing lies deceptions and all that has assaulted our way of life we must take back our freedom and live as god designed in a free america that honors our constitution and our creator our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report, and this is the Vaccine Report with our international team, Dr. Mike Eden, Dr. Jonathan Gilthorpe, and Andrea Klarich from Croatia. So welcome to the Vaccine Report and the breaking news on the international front with what is going on, new focus and push for the UN World Health Organization pandemic treaty that will enslave and vaccinate all of us against our will, the release of another virus that a great deal of fear-mongering about that, and what is happening with Comirnaty. Suddenly, the United States is saying that we have the fully FDA-approved Comirnaty vaccine available when it's suspicious about exactly what they're doing in yet another deception for the public. Comirnaty suddenly started appearing on military bases with a lot of hype about it being approved and updated. So what's the story on that? We have a lot to talk about today. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report from Truth for Health Foundation. Listen to us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on whistleblowerreports.org and all of your favorite podcast channels. If you miss the past ones, which have been some hot topics, then check them out at www.truthforhealth.org or www.whistleblowerreports.org. All of our shows are archived there. So on July 11th, 2022, Moderna and the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, NIAID, under the NIH in the United States, that's Anthony Fauci's uh, turf, began a clinical trial. And the number of that trial, for those of you who want to look it up, is NCT. 0539796. 0539796. And this clinical trial is on a new mRNA vaccine for the Nipah virus. What is the Nipah virus? Well, America and the world, the Nipah virus is one probably has been around since the 1940s but was identified 25 years ago in 1999 following an out 
outbreak among pig farmers in Asia. And this virus has only had isolated outbreaks over 24 years, very rare and very isolated in Africa and Asia. In 24 years, the Nipah virus has killed fewer than 200 people worldwide. That's less than 10 a year globally. So why the sudden hype? The UK health officials are monitoring for this deadly outbreak. The same fear-mongering we heard about COVID, the same fear-mongering we've been hearing off and on about Marburg and Ebola. They use the same language. They have a lot of the same photographs of healthcare workers in extensive protective gear. Why are they suddenly feeling it necessary to ramp up a clinical trial in 2022 for a virus that has not been widespread, has killed less than 200 people in 24 years that we know of, and suddenly there's all this hype about a new vaccine, and then just recently we now find that the UK is suddenly monitoring for the Nipah virus and AstraZeneca has now started a new clinical trial to create a vaccine. It looks to me, it smells to me like yet another situation where the global orchestrators of enslaving and destroying humanity have created a problem and now are trying to present themselves as the savior to fix the problem for the one they created with yet another vaccine, without proper experimental controls, without safety studies, without any evaluation, suddenly yet another mRNA vaccine. And we've already seen the global damage from the COVID shot. So we want to talk more about that. And Dr. Gilthorpe is going to bring us some information on that. Then the question of what is really the Comirnaty shot that suddenly is appearing on our U.S. military bases. We're going to go into more detail on that and what it all means. And want to bring to everyone's awareness that in the U.S. Federal Register, and we'll provide the link for you to read it, all immunity provisions on all of these experimental shots and all covered countermeasures that are EUA products are in place through the end of 2024. How convenient. The end of the U.S. election season in 2024. Do you suppose there's any connection uh, with some of the nefarious plans underway? And then, of course, there's the U.N. and WHO ramping up more pressure on the global pandemic treaty where unelected bureaucrats with no medical background, Tedros and others, will control the public health response, and the mandatory vaccination for all of us, entire planet population. It's a very chilling prospect. So for my team today, the international team from the UK, Sweden, and Croatia, we're going to get into the details and discuss the ins and outs of all of this. And Dr. Eden is going to bring us some information about a vaccine case going forward in Costa Rica that may have uh, implications for the rest of us, some encouraging news on that front. So don't 
don't go away. Pay attention. We've got lots of important information for you. Welcome, everyone. Dr. Gilthorpe, tell us more about this Nipah virus and mm. what you're seeing in the UK news about how they're positioning it. Yes, Dr. Lee, thank you. Uh, lovely to be on the show, everyone, with with all of you on the panel and also the audience. Um, yes, Dr. Lee, I picked this story up uh, this week, actually, well, it came out on the 16th of September, so yesterday in the Daily Mail, uh, one of the UK uh, daily newspapers, UK health chiefs closely monitoring outbreak of deadly virus in India. And this is this uh, Nipah virus, which is on the list of, you know, the list of the top 10 most likely to cause a deadly pandemic viruses. Although, as you say, you know, it's killed very few people in the last 20 years. So why would you want to really ramp this one up as being a great threat to to human health when when, you know, there are way more people dying of obesity, polluted water, etc. There are a lot bigger health threats for humanity than than this particular virus, but it is very scary because allegedly it kills up to 75% of humans that it infects. Um, so this is a, a paramyxovirus, as it's known. It's related to mumps and some other viruses, for example, myxomatosis, I think, in rabbits, which is very nasty if you've ever seen a rabbit infected with that. Uh, it's, it has a reservoir in bats, the good old bats again, um, it can spread to pigs and cause outbreaks in pigs, and then it can be passed over to humans. And, and allegedly, you know, human mortality rate is 40 to 75%. But I don't think that's really known that well, because there haven't been that many outbreaks to study in detail. So, so how could you be so certain about that? Um, but anyway, you know, it is one of these allegedly nasty viruses that, that could kill people if it broke out but let's let's look at this realistically i mean how likely this is a virus that only really circulates around the equator in southeast asia and now india uh, it has a very specific life cycle between pigs and bats uh, so this is not something that's going to go you know uh, global and and suddenly kill lots of people unless it's you know been engineered in a way that it could pass more commonly between person to person uh, as we saw with COVID, or as I believe we saw with SARS-CoV-2. Um, so, yeah, so the story goes in, in the Daily Mail that we should be very worried about this because um, the, you know, there's an outbreak in India which has spread to between at least two or three people uh, in Kerala and just so happens that, you know, AstraZeneca is developing a vaccine for this Nipah virus. I mean, that's not totally unusual. Also, Moderna is making an mRNA vaccine against it. But I think which is very interesting about uh, AstraZeneca is they're using this same chimp adenovirus Chadox vaccine vector that they used for coronavirus. Now, this was one of the most toxic vaccines well they were all toxic but this one had acute effects because you know it was it was taken off the market in in sweden quite quickly because of um cerebral hemorrhages and and problems particularly in in ladies in females in women that were had very low platelet counts but also were getting these bleeds in the brain so it resulted in quite a lot of deaths quite a lot of side effects early on and it, it was prevent it was stopped and I don't think this was just due to the spike protein that was being carried by the vector. It's actually this vector itself is, 
is not good. It's a dirty, you know, it's a, it's a bad way to try and convey a vaccine into someone if there ever was a good way to do that. Well, um, and so, Dr. Gilthorpe, tell us again what the vector is that is known to be so toxic so yeah. that our listeners can grab that yeah. name and read I'll more ex- about it. I'll explain that. So, so what AstraZeneca did, so Moderna and Pfizer took an mRNA molecule synthetically generated or, or generated it in, in a test tube and packaged that in a nanoparticle to deliver to people to try and make them immune to SARS-CoV-2. But what AstraZeneca did was, and also Johnson & Johnson, they, they took the uh, spike protein sequence and put it into a, a, a viral vector. So a, a DNA sequence, which if you express it, put it into a cell, it will produce a virus. Uh, and they produce that virus, but it can't spread. So it just goes in and infects cells and then can't spread to neighboring cells. So it's, it's called replication defective. Um, so they made this artificial virus, let's call it, based on a, a natural virus and put in the spike protein. And what they found out was a lot of side effects from this. And it wasn't just really from the spike protein. It was when they purify the virus to, to make the vaccine, they bring contaminants with the cell lines that they grow the virus in. And that was causing side effects, at least um, as I recall, stimulating the immune system to be, you know, overactive and innate immune system. So triggering autoimmune reactions in people, which was causing some people to have, you know, um, uh, anaphylaxis and other people were getting this strange uh, low number of platelets in the blood, but also um, do you, uh, you know more more better than I do, actually, Dr. Lee, what that was. But uh, safe to say the vaccine was pulled for young adults, particularly women in Sweden quite early, and most other countries then pulled, pulled the AstraZeneca vaccine. Now they're getting the second bite of a cherry with this dirty bullet that, that didn't work in the first place. So now they're packaging a part of Nipah virus into the same vector. And I, I guess those clinical trials are now going to be run in uh, Southeast Asian countries in India, where perhaps the standards of, of uh, you know, following up the trials are not that careful. Maybe we can, uh, you know, kill a few Indians and that's not quite as important. Um, I am being sarcastic, by the way, because this has been done before in India. Uh, to- yes. In fact, it's taking advantage of extreme poverty in those countries where people don't know what's being done to them and there's very little um, yes. oversight and very little news coverage to alert people. And almost uh, I mean, no it, informed consent, I would imagine. And no informed consent, exactly right. Yes. I mean, that's why Bill Gates did some of his experimentation in India and Africa, because yes. it was a very poverty-stricken populations who didn't have much education to even know what questions to ask or any advocates to help them. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the important thing for the, for the listeners to take away from this is there will be more and more scaremongering about new virus outbreaks. And these will be deadly. uh, I think because, you know, in order to get everyone into the vaccine passport system and to give the world health organization and the UN total control over all countries, they need to bring in this new legislation for pandemic preparedness, uh, which is ongoing. And there are several attempts to do this through the WHO, at least two, and also one through the UN, which Dr. David Bell has spoken about recently and written about. So he said in four days time on Wednesday, the 20th of September, 
our representatives meeting at the UN will be signing off on a declaration titled Political Declaration of the UN General Assembly, High-Level Meeting on Pandemic Prevention, Preparedness and Response. So this is another attempt to try and bring in global governance related to pandemics and health through another route if the route through the WHO doesn't succeed, I, I believe. Um, oh, I, th but, I don't think there's any question. I think yeah. you're absolutely so, right. I'm sure Dr. So, Eden has some thoughts on that and Andrea yeah. Claridge as well. So, we'll so get to me, that. This is this classical problem reaction solution scenario where you, you know, you first create the problem, the Nipah virus, and then everyone reacts and says, oh, we must have a cure. And then comes in the, you know, the original plan, which was to bring in this, uh, these new laws, um, in the first place, and that's why we ended up with the Nipah virus outbreak. This is not natural. This is uh, engineered, if you like. I don't have any question. You are absolutely right. Dr. Eden, your thoughts on that? Yes, I I, I agree that uh, I think Jonathan was very um, being diplomatic, but yes, it, it, this to me looks like uh, a, mo a modest problem has been amplified and preparedly so, as you say, a trial over, over about a year ago in order to create a problem, a reaction and a solution. And I just need to point out, I think Jonathan touched on this, it doesn't matter what the infection is. The, these, these materials are not suitable to be given to a mass market. I've, I've repeatedly said it, and I'll just say it very briefly once again, whether you do it via a viral vector or just use lipid nanoparticles to to induce a human body to manufacture a foreign protein which is what they say these gene-based vaccines are will induce uh, your immune system to attack and kill every cell that performs that act because your body keeps itself pristine by only having inside itself materials that are meant to be there by god and nature and your body recognizes those as self whenever something is manufactured that doesn't belong in there it'll be classed as non-self it'll be classed as an intruder and your immune system will kill it so just to say again if you let yourself be injected by these materials they will tell your immune system to attack and kill every cell and tissues that that material travels to do do not do it uh, i don't care what they tell you these are never going to be safe let alone effective so don't do it please you're, you're absolutely right. And all across the board clinically in, in my medical practice, I see these autoimmune conditions skyrocketing since the COVID shot rollout, especially for exactly the reasons you just mentioned. Andrea, you have some thoughts about what's going on with all of this Well, um, by now, everybody already heard about gain of function. Uh, but I think it's important to to say that um, I heard from serious sources that this gain of function is not anymore some special uh, uh, thing to do it. It seems so that lots of laboratories around the world are capable to do this kind of improvement of viruses. That means to make them more viral and more little. And with that knowledge now, we are facing that almost every month we have some new breakthrough of some kind of viruses. And this is something that for sure we have to be very careful because if 
lots of laboratories are capable to do it, to produce new viruses, then we can really face serious things in the future. For now, we see that if it's more virulent, then it's less lethal and it keep that way. But who knows what will happen in the future because we were for sure experimenting with nature and now we're feeling results from it. Uh, I agree with Dr. Yidan because I read the book from uh, Michael Palmer and a group of authors about mRNA technology toxicity, vaccine toxicity, and uh, I recommend to everybody to read it to see that this technology really is toxic. And doesn't matter if it's used for vaccines, for anything else. There's lots of concerns about this technology. And we have to really accept that uh, things what are experimenting on us now is very dangerous uh, with uh, well unknown out outcome in the future. And uh, we should not accept anything from this kind of technology, not for now. Well, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I think we have had concerns about it. We've tried to warn people from the get-go. In 2020, Dr. Eden began warning people from his base of knowledge in pharmacology research, working for Pfizer and being aware of research going back many years that raised questions about the lipid nanoparticle toxicity, as well as the fact that the spike, prone, spike protein had similarities to certain critical body proteins, including Syncetin-1, which you can talk about again, Dr. Eden, but also what I was raising medically in 2020, not knowing all of the aspects that we learned in 2021, but in 2020, I kept saying over and over, I was treating my patients with early antiviral, antibiotic, corticosteroids, vitamins, minerals, nutraceuticals. People were getting well in a few days. It was a virus. We had a way to treat it. And I kept saying to, in both national programs as well as to all of the patients that I came in contact with, you don't need to take the risk with an experimental vaccine that we've had no safety data on. It, they had no time to manufacture it properly or do the long-term clinical trials for safety and other and, and effectiveness. You don't need to take the risk. I mean, it was just common sense. And then, then we began learning about all of the aspects of damage. It's devastating. This message is from the Truth for Health Foundation. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Sigloff, a family medicine physician and a major in the U.S. Army. The following are only my opinions. Service members are being coerced to participate in medical experimentation, with over 7,500 service members being discharged for refusing to participate, many of them losing their retirement and medical benefits. There are allegations that the DOD is committing medical fraud, violating the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and violating constitutional rights of service members. Strong men and women stand ready to defend so that you can sleep peacefully through the night. Now we must stand watch over the military so they can sleep peacefully through the night. Please get involved to help protect the military. This message brought to you by the Truth For Health Foundation. For more information, please visit truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think you've you've made all made all the points, uh, Dr. Lee, that, that we've made. Uh, it's unbelievable, isn't it, folks? That we we've, we've been saying this since 2020. That uh, yes, the these materials, the the mRNA formulated lipid nanoparticles, we know that that's inherently a toxic vehicle, you know, material to inject in your body. We know that it accumulates in the ovaries of girls and women. Uh, and there it will bring about the uh, autoimmune problems that we both talked about. So those things on their own are problematic. None of the clinical trials for any of these products extends more than a few weeks to a couple of months. Uh, once you've been injected, it's in there forever. So it's wholly inappropriate to be mass market immunizing people permanently with technologies that are obviously to, to people like us inherently dangerous. So there is a fraud going on bluntly about we're not just giving an alternative view of how to tackle a problem. We think that um, that, that uh, malign forces are frightening you and then getting you to be injected with something that's inherently dangerous bluntly. That's what's going on. No, it maybe, absolutely yeah. is. Go maybe, ahead, Andrea. Maybe we should add to the, also the, the work from uh, Dr. Anna Bukart, who found spike protein in organs 580 days after vaccination. 580 days. They still found after, uh, after, out, uh, after autopsy. And um, we should do more work about these autopsies to find what is happening because, as Dr. Yidin says, I heard from lots of sources that this production of spike protein will continue to last whole life. And not only that, as we know, we found um, impurity, plasmids DNA, DNA in this virus, and that can be transcribed in DNA, human DNA, and go in offset in in the future in our kids and what could happen with this in the future we still don't know but doesn't sound good yeah. no it, it definitely doesn't oh go ahead dr gilford i was going to say dr lee and i mean and the thing is i think it's important for people to realize is what what happened with covid where you had doctors all over the world trying different ways to treat the disease that they were seeing and seeing patients coming in with and and many of those were very successful uh, the ones that you mentioned dr lee and you know there is data going back several years showing that certain antibiotics were very uh, effective against zika virus for example so doxycycline azithromycin which was used successfully in covid now I don't know any doctors in, in the health service in Sweden that have ever used these treatments and they won't because they've been scared away by the counter narrative from the WHO, CDC and, and the like to say these are dangerous. These should not be used and they're not being used. But what should be happening in a, in a healthy health system is that, you know, these treatments should be deployed at, um, at scale because they're very safe. Um, they won't cause many side effects and, and they have been shown to be very effective even in long COVID um, or whatever long COVID is, but antibiotic treatment seems to work quite well. Now it's not really understood how antibiotic treatment works for a virus. Um, and that's also a very interesting scientific point that, that could be followed up. But, you know, these things are not happening. The health service is being hamstrung by the authorities to not give treatments which other doctors are saying are effective. And at the same time, they're being forced or, or told or conned into giving these very harmful 
treatments such as mRNA vaccines and other pharmaceuticals that have been rolled out under the under the role of emergency use. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that it, it, it's really looking like the health system could crash because the doctors that are working there are not really accessing the information that's available and, and they won't use these treatments because they're they're afraid or there's peer pressure not to do so or they're not allowed to by the authorities in their countries. Well, that's exactly what's been happening in the United States. <clears throat> Absolutely what we've been dealing with. Persecution of doctors who tried to use simple, effective, safe, early treatment of any of these viral illnesses. I mean, they're trying to push vaccines on everything, shingles and herpes and flu and COVID and now Marburg and monkeypox. And I'm sure we're going to start hearing about the Nipah virus too. All of these viral illnesses can be treated early with existing medications. We have many of them. And it is absolutely a lie to people that they there is no treatment and they have to get these experimental vaccines and they are deadly as Dr. Yeadon continues to warn people. And I support that and have been warning people as well. Let's take a break. We'll be right back after the break. Please, everyone, go to www.truthforhealth. Download our fact sheet on Marburg, Ebola, hemorrhagic fevers, and 5G radiation, and how they all can produce the same symptoms that are used as the weapon of fear to drive you into the kill box of the experimental vaccines. On the battlefield, we talk about military strategy driving the enemy into a kill box. That's exactly what's happening to the population of the world as these owners and orchestrators of this genetic attack on humanity are pushing us all into the deceptively called vaccine, but it's a kill box. So use our resources, learn how to protect yourself. Go back and listen to some of our earlier programs on all of these topics. Your life may depend on it. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America with Truth for Health Foundation's Whistleblower Report international team presenting the news on the vaccine report. And one of the other things, I know, um, Andrea Claridge, you had some concerns you wanted to bring in from Croatia, and we want to be sure that Dr. Gilthorpe before he has to leave today, gives us information about his upcoming conference in Sweden, which people will be able to access online for those who can't travel to Stockholm to be part of the international conference. And Dr. Yeadon, you had some updates from Costa Rica as well with some legal actions going on there to stop the shot. So let's start with um, Dr. Gilthorpe. 
Tell us about your international conference that's coming up in about two weeks. Oh, thank you, Dr. Lee. I would love to tell you all about that. So, um, yeah, we, we're organizing a conference. So this is a Swedish organization called the Doctors' Appeal, uh, together with Children's Health Defense Europe. <clears throat> and we've entitled it On Guard for the Liberty of Mankind. Uh, we had a conference um, back in January uh, 2023, which was focused really on the COVID-19 pandemic um, and how badly uh, the, the response to that went in much of it about mRNA vaccines. This time we thought we needed to really, you know, spread uh, to look at the bigger picture, to look at what's happening in health, not only health, but also in finance with central bank digital currencies with the media, with control of the media, uh, and also what's happening on the kind of social and governance level. So we have uh, 24 speakers, I think, including uh, Martin Armstrong, Catherine Austin Fitz, Dr. David Bell, uh, Caroline Betts, Andrew Bridgen, the MP from the UK, uh, to name but a few. Uh, we've got a, a basically a two and a half day workshop event where we're inviting people to come and join us and work with us to try and identify the key questions and find solutions. And then on the Saturday, we're going to have a one day live stream symposium, which will be free so that, you know, the world and general public can take part. So it's a, a kind of two stage or a two pronged attack to try and really generate some kind of counter movement to this great reset agenda, which is um, threatening all of our freedoms, uh, all our, of our ability to access money, uh, to, you know, to to live in a healthy lifestyle and to choose our own futures. So uh, I will put the link in the show notes. Uh, we're still looking for people if they want to come, uh, they can come and join us at the conference in little over or almost two weeks time, little under two weeks. And also we'll put out information for the free live stream so people can listen to that on the Saturday and it will, will be recorded. So you'll be able to pick up the, the, the lectures afterwards as well. Well, I think this is a powerfully important conference, and, it, and it's presenting critical information that people around the world really need to know in order to be able to live their lives. We've got to stop this. There's no question that this pandemic treaty and the central bank digital currency, as Dr. Eden has been warning about as well, is devastating. It, In fact, it it may end up being leading to death for many people if they don't get a vaccine and can't buy food. Dr. Eden, you have more to say on all that, I'm sure, as well as the Costa Rica case, yeah. legal case. Yeah, I mean, yes, certainly we, we have repeatedly warned that we worry that the, um, the fear-mongering about viruses <clears throat> and the trying to shepherd people into receiving dangerous by design injections these so-called vaccines uh, had an additional uh, end game in mind which was to use uh, all of the sort of digitization to uh, force people to to be able to identify themselves in what the uh, world economic forum calls a zero trust world isn't that wonderful ladies and gentlemen where in order to interact uh, with each other certainly using the internet you would need to identify yourself with a digital id and i would say again you don't if you sign up for a digital id you don't gain some numbers you lose your human personality you will become 
a barcode or a QR code. That's all you'll ever be to the machine. And it will identify you at every point. And I put it to you that uh, you'll be required to your <coughs> ID is up to date with all the latest WHO uh, vaccinations in order to uh, you know, enter a food store, or certainly to be able to use your electronic cashless money to buy food. Um, I, you know, I've been saying this since end of 2020 that I, I envisage that this is a depopulation agenda using poisonous vaccines and a digital kill box, uh, to use Dr. Lee's terminology, which is what it is, that you won't be able to access money, fuel, food, and move about uh, without a valid digital ID, and validity will be classified as up-to-date with vaccines. And that's why I think you're hearing so many virus lies and virus fears and ridiculous, from my point of view as a veteran of pharmaceutical industry, these are just ludicrous and, and, and ridiculous potential treatments, you know, these so-called vaccines, they're all toxic by design. So if you are shepherded into relying on a digital ID and digital money to access the things you need to be alive um, and required to be jabbed in order to maintain the validity of, of these digital systems, you will die. Um, so stay away from them, please. You, you don't need a digital ID to lead your life. They, the perpetrators of this global crime, need you to get one in order to trap you. That's what it's about. Yeah. Maybe uh, I can here invite everybody to listen. I just published today interview with uh, Professor Richard Werner. He's really in deep into this uh, topic uh, concerning central bank digital currency. And one very important thing what he explained, it's how present inflation became. That's not something what was kept, uh, uh, just coincidence. It's coordinated with the Fed and European Central Bank. And they have done it. They've done it. One of his tools, what he suggested already in uh, in '99, when it was a big crisis in 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 uh, in uh, Japan, that was quantitatively easing one and QI two, and he suggested these tools. And now they use it. They used it in 2020. And their purpose, I think, when I say they, I'm talking about Fed and about uh, European Central Bank. Their purpose was to, to make inflation. Nobody knows why. I couldn't get the answer why, but they've done it. That means that this inflation today doesn't have anything with the war or with anything except uh, printing or exactly putting so much cash in the, in the system. And uh, what we are facing right now, it's a big crisis because you know when you have so much inflation your money doesn't worth much if you have something on a deposit you're losing every day uh, you can imagine inflation like a hidden tax that means for for example if you have of a beginning of the year uh 100 uh, at the end of the year you have 25 dollars less but they took this 25 five dollars at the beginning of the year and spend it and that's how they are charging to all people all working people they're charging their expenses I, i'm talking about central bankers 
And now in the middle of this huge inflation, it's a huge opportunity to offer to people some solutions. And the best solution for people who will get in poverty can be universal basic income to help them. And lots of people will accept. And it can be also, and this universal basic income will be in a digital wallet and in the digital money. And if in any case, and for sure we are heading off a financial crisis, bank crisis, uh, in, uh, in, in a situation of huge financial crisis, they can offer a solution like central bank digital currency. We can save your money. We can save your deposits if you accept digital wallet and amount of digital money, what you had on your bank. And for sure, everybody will accept it. And that will be big opportunity to introduce central bank digital currencies. And uh, people who are know how this um, banking is functioning, they know that we don't need central bank digital currency at all. We have already digital money. We use it for decades. Digital money is something that we are using every day. But it's big difference between central bank digital currency and digital currency. And that's why we have to keep it this way be very careful and spend as much as possible cash in our payments. And I heard that in United Kingdom, increased cash spend for 7%. And it's huge because people are getting aware of this crisis, of potential crisis, that means control. And they are trying to spend as much as possible cash because that's, that is one of the ways how to protect ourselves from the digital prison. Well, yeah. and you mentioned the interview with Dr. with Professor Richard Warner. I, I would very much like to have you email me that so that, number one, I'd like to listen. Secondly, I'd like to make it available on our website for people to hear because it's difficult to get an interview with him. And he is one of the world-leading experts on all of this. But throughout my adult lifetime, the push towards inflation has been designed to end up doing away with debt that they created by spending more money than we brought in. I mean, it's basic. And the more that you create more inflation, the more you are essentially inflating away the debt. And I think that's certainly, we don't know all the reasons, but I think that's certainly been one of the purposes that has been accomplished. And others of you may want to have some comments on that. Well, I, I would like to uh, just, just add one thing. Uh, yes, so the, in the UK, yes, there was recently a survey that showed that uh, the use of cash has increased 7% year on year. And as Andrea said, that really is large because over the last few decades, uh, the use of cash has been gradually declining because people find digital payments using their bank cards, apps on their phone, etc., cetera, uh, as very convenient. And, and it is convenient. But uh, so to reverse that, that reverse and against the background trend of a decline to see a, an increase in absolute use of cash in the last year is tremendous. And I think it's a, 
uh, partly a credit to the campaign that we and many other groups have been saying, because cash, uh, cash is freedom, folks. Um, if you have $20 bill, 20 euro note, uh, and the vendor is willing to accept it for the goods and services, that's just between you and that person. There's no way a third party you know, some oligarch, a globalist can intervene. They can't see that transaction. They can't block that transaction. So cash is freedom. And cash is anonymity. And I encourage, as Andrea Claritz just said, the use of cash for everything you possibly can. I think it's an act of freedom uh, to continue that push because it runs absolutely counter to what these evil people want to do. Well, I certainly agree with you on that one. Now, tell us more about Costa Rica and what's happening on the legal front there. Yes, I, I'll do that. Uh, first, I would like to mention that the the people bringing the case, it's a group called Interest of Justice. So it's the word interest and then of, O-F, and then justice, Interest of Justice. And you can find them online at interestofjustice.org. They're a small group of lawyers and private individuals who live in Costa Rica, uh, and they have very bravely and gamely raised several legal cases in Costa Rica against the, the inappropriate mandates uh, for these vaccines and indeed their authorization in their country of Costa Rica. And they need your help. They don't have a lot of money. And if you would go to their website and maybe donate $10 or $20, it would make all the difference. They have recently uh, uh, got a success with uh, the, uh, I think it's the Supreme Court or certainly a very high court in Costa Rica. I got the announcement two days ago that they have an appeal uh, for removal from the market of Costa Rica, all of these gene-based vaccines for COVID. Um, and uh, they have been granted an oral hearing um, uh, on November the 9th, and, and I am one of their witnesses. I, I was the person who wrote the affidavit uh, evidencing the unsuitability of these gene-based products uh, at all in the way that you've heard me say many times on Dr. Lee's show. Uh, and so they have uh, this appeal that will be heard, I believe, on November the 9th, so about three weeks away, um, I've looked up the, the judge. The, uh, she is the deputy. I think she's the deputy Supreme Court judge. She's 25 years legal experience in public administration um, and procedural law. So um, I'm optimistic that uh, we will be able to prevail by making the sort of arguments we've made here, which are science based uh, and supported by other expert witnesses. And, and let's let's hope we succeed. But uh, if you could go to that website, Interest of Justice see what they have to say. Uh, and if you would like to contribute, that would be very much appreciated. That That is actually very promising. And I, I would like, if it's public, I would like to be able to post your affidavit as part of our links to the show notes so that people who are interested can read your affidavit. I think that would be powerfully educational. I think so, that, I think that's very likely. I, I will check with with the team um, if if that's still appropriate. I, I would say just you know um, 
I happened to be in Costa Rica, as you may remember, with with my wife. Um, yes. In, in 2021, we we were making at the time a, a vainglorious attempt to uh, uh, enter the US properly under visas, and it turned out we we naively we had to go back via London in the end. But we were three months in Costa Rica before we realised that we had to go via London. And while we were there, uh, just through friends of friends, we we bumped into some people who were on their own. Uh, trying to stop what was happening, and we collaborated. and And they asked if I would be willing to submit what I what I was saying to them. Uh, and so I quickly wrote this affidavit. So it's it's probably eighteen months old now. Uh, we have received uh, authorization to amend um, and update it. So uh, what I'm saying is, what I wrote eighteen months ago you know, probably needs a little brushing up. But nevertheless, it might be a useful exhibit to see what the state of thinking was at 18 months ago. Um, there are a couple of areas in which I would amend it. Well, that that is, I, I really, I didn't realize it was written quite so long ago, but I definitely yeah. would like to read it. Yeah. Because the data is even stronger now oh, than it was then. Absolutely. I, I think the case is just stunningly clearer now. It's it's much clearer because at the time we wrote it, we had a few months of human data. We had sporadic information coming in, you know, with 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 deaths and and blood clots and um, and also we didn't. I don't think we had anything on 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 birth rates at the time. Uh, so so since then things have become frighteningly clear. I think um, and lots of information has been published to to support even if you didn't have these theoretical concerns you would be i think you would be concerned by now but the, i think it's very important that people know that we knew these things were inherently dangerous you know my 32 years biopharmaceutical experience allowed me and other people um to thomas vodag for example wolfgang vodag in germany to point out a number of points of concern several of which have come true so um yeah I, if i can get hold of that uh, in the next day or so, I, I would let it, I would like like it to be posted to the show notes. Great. Well, normally, um, normally, once you filed in court, it is public. Yeah. Okay. I'm not familiar with law at all, let alone Costa Rica. But uh, yeah. Well, I really am. I'm encouraged with that. We also have some interesting cases going forward in the United States. We are, we're running into a serious problem with the corruption of the courts in the U.S. simply because they are not ruling on the point of law of the cases. They are just dismissing the cases without even hearing any evidence, which is very concerning. There is one more um, topic that I wanted to talk about today, and we'll bring our listeners more information on this as we get more information. But we're getting reports from our military service members that the that vials of the COVID shots carrying a Comirnaty label are once again appearing in military settings. Now, we know that the ones that appeared suddenly in early 2022 were fraudulent vials. That was later proven very conclusively with military people investigating it. And Comirnaty was never an FDA-approved vaccine 
in the U.S. fully FDA approved. It was conditional. And the marketing, the manufacturing and marketing license was expired the next day after the FDA went through this show of approving it on the conditional basis for five more years of safety studies. So they never fully approved it. But suddenly it's showing up again on the military basis and it appears to all of us, and Dr. Eden, you may have some thoughts about this, that what they are actually doing is taking bulk product of Cominati manufactured in Europe under the EUA or emergency use authorization license and relabeling it, which is fraudulent, as an approved vaccine now and putting it out in time for the fall mandates on the COVID shot that are beginning to hit the U.S. Any yeah, thoughts well, on that? Doing that? And they might be. Uh, I've no, I've no evidence one way or another. But if they are doing that, it's clearly illegal. It's, uh, yeah, it is, it is fraudulent. They would be misrepresenting a material um, uh, that's not approved by the FDA as something different. We we know that they are legally they are they are legally distinct. I do remember uh, when when we yeah, when the FDA did approve something that wasn't actually in manufacture, it was clear that they were legally distinct. And so you can't just change the label on on the bottle and say, oh well, this is the same as the FDA product. They're legally distinct. You have to go through the approved manufacturing process. And also, by the way, there are multiple manufacturing processes for these materials as the scale of manufacture is changed and when you when you change the manufacturing process you do not end up with the same product you might at best end up with something that's legally equivalent but you have to demonstrate that through what are called bridging studies and they have not been done no you're exactly right and if you look at the public records and public pronouncements and the allocation so far it's only a little a little over a billion dollars that has been supposedly spent on this new updated Comirnaty product. And that small amount of money wouldn't really go far enough to properly modify, do the studies and manufacture this new product to be fully compliant with the standards. Look at the numbers by comparison, $25 billion for the monovalent shots, $4.9 billion for bivalence, and suddenly only $1.5 billion for the update approved Comirnaty? Uh, they, it just doesn't make any sense. It, the only way that they could really accomplish that is simply repurposing already purchased monovalent lots. And, and there's been public articles about these costs. So I, I really think that we're looking at yet another fraud being perpetrated, particularly on the U.S. military, which they did in the first COVID shot rollout. But it may also be bigger also. than that. Go yeah. ahead, Andrea. We should remind our public also, it was... Um, I think it was 23rd of August 2021. Yes. When was this uh, Comirnaty shot was uh, fully approved? 
Not fully. It never, no, no, no. It never was fully approved. I really want to correct you on that. Mm-hmm. I read that. I read the FDA document. Mm-hmm. It was conditional approval conditional. for five okay. years, depending upon further safety studies on myocarditis. That was uh-huh. in the FDA letter. Okay. It's but really what was important. important in that moment, everybody was pressing publicly that these vaccines are not approved its emergency use authorization because the clinical trials part three still not finished and then they use the situation to say publicly well we have now a, a new newly approved vaccine but they never said that this community was not on the market that at the same time right. as they were offering something different and it was not for a long time, it was not on the market, but they use it as a marketing just to show people that it's safe. They were uh, lying all the time. And that's why we cannot trust them at all. You are absolutely right. And what the public was never told is that 24 hours later, the next day, by 5 p.m., August 24th, 2021, the Comirnaty BLA licensing document expired. They couldn't manufacture it. So they knew, they knew when they made the announcement that it was not going to be manufactured. It's, it's even worse than, than what you just said, which was bad enough. And, and that is something that a lot of our military people who were exposing the fraud all the last two years have been bringing out in the legal cases to try and defend their rights to refuse an experimental medical product. And, and this has been brought out in multiple legal cases. So the fraud from 2021 is being repeated in 2023. And that is what all of us need to keep bringing to the public. It's, it's all been a shell game of lies and deception hurting us into the toxicity by design of these mRNA shots. America and the world, thank you for listening to all of us today as we continue our warnings to help save your life and your health and your freedom please go to www.truthforhealth.org. Download our vaccine injury treatment guide if you've gotten the shots. Download our medical resources to plan for the next plan-demic they are launching. They are already announcing it. They're already ginning up the fear. There are ways to protect yourself. And please consider donating to support our legal defense work and our defense of freedom and all of the educational programs we are bringing to the public free of charge. So we need your help. We want you to be part of our crusade. Sign up for our email newsletters and be part of the solution. Stand against evil. Thank you all for joining us today. And thank you, Dr. Eden, Dr. Gilthorpe, and Andrea Claridge. We'll be back next week on the Vaccine Report.